Welcome to the Radio Bible Course and our continuing study of Galatians chapter 5. In chapter 5 of Galatians, Paul has stood fast for the believer's freedom from the law, and he has pointed out that when a person tries to improve himself by keeping the law, he is obligated to keep the whole law. The Galatians had been led away from the truth that the crosswork of Christ was enough, enough to satisfy God, and they were misled into trying to make themselves more acceptable to God by getting circumcised. Well, that was only one of the things that they were trying to improve themselves with. Paul nevertheless said they had fallen from grace because of that. Since God had saved them by grace and was keeping them by grace, their attempt to improve themselves spiritually was known as a fall from grace. Whenever any of us tries to get better than Christ has made us through faith in him, we depart from grace. Falling from grace is not related to salvation. It's related to liberty. Most people think it has something to do with falling into sin. That is not the case. And how do we know that? The context tells us that. Galatians chapter 5, where the expression falling from grace is found, and that's the only place it's found in the Bible, has to do with the liberty of the Christian, not the loss of salvation of the Christian. The context is about the freedom which Christians have because Christ died to set them free. Now, here are questions that we need to ask in regard to this matter of falling from grace or losing one's salvation. Listen carefully. Can I lose by poor behavior what I did not get by good behavior? Is it possible to forfeit by lack of good works what was promised by God to those who would work not? Third, since eternal life is unmerited, and that's what grace means, how can the failure in merit place salvation in jeopardy? And fourth, since God saves his enemies who believe, will he do less for his children who fall? These are questions designed to make us think and they provoke us into examining carefully what salvation by grace means. I think they'll help you to get a better understanding of the promises of God regarding your salvation. Now we resume our study of Galatians chapter 5 with verse 12, where Paul writes, I wish those who unsettle you would mutilate themselves. That's a strange expression, but it's part of the context. And what is the context? The Jewish teachers insisting that the Galatian Christians be circumcised. Well, circumcision has to do with the cutting of flesh. Now, Paul is wishing something almost out of disgust with those false teachers concerning this subject. And he says he wishes that those people who unsettle them in the Christian faith would mutilate themselves. Paul seems to be forcing here an association which he was familiar with, and that was 
what the pagan priests did. They removed their male glands in order to better serve their god and goddesses. History tells us that they practice emasculation. If I read Paul correctly, here's what he is saying, and I'm putting it in my words. Those who seek righteousness by circumcision should do a complete job of it and castrate themselves. William Barclay, that New Testament commentator of some years ago, claims that the priest of Cybele, the goddess of nature, mutilated themselves in this way, and Paul suggests that the Judaizers be equally dedicated to those priests and cut it all off. The NIV, the New International Version, that is, expresses it this way. Listen to how it writes Galatians 5.12. As for those agitators, I wish they would go to go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Now we move on to verses 13 through 15, which emphasize the right use of freedom by the Christian. Paul writes, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love be servants of one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, quote, You shall love your neighbor as yourself, unquote. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed by one another. The fact that Paul urges them not to misuse their freedom implies something which we better acknowledge. He implies that these Galatians can, they can misuse their freedom. Freedom in Christ does not guarantee that you will have right behavior, but freedom in Christ does insist that they were called to freedom, and so were you. There always have been those in the church who abuse the liberty which we have in Christ. Some in Galatia did, but I noticed that Paul did not do what many churches do under such circumstances. When preachers see people in their congregations doing something that they don't approve of, they often urge the establishing of laws or rules, or they pull out the Mosaic law to remedy that sin of the people in the congregation. Now, that can't work, for the believer needs to be directed to grow in grace when he's living that way. And not only does he need to grow in grace, which will turn his life around, but he needs to grow in the knowledge of Christ, which will be a model for him and his lifestyle. Now, law could not save the Galatian, neither can it sanctify him. And it won't do anything for you either, so beware of the law. But do grow in grace, as Peter wrote in his final epistle, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, But grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're growing in grace if you are depending more and more on the finished work of Christ, and you are falling from grace if you are depending more and more upon what you do to secure your salvation. 
the exhortation of the New Testament to the Christian is grow in grace. And Paul said to Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in it. I was once accused of being too strong in grace. And I said, thank you. That's one of the greatest compliments anyone could pay me. And I have thought that years ahead, when my life ends and I'm buried and a stone is put over my grave, that it might read, he was strong in grace. Now, there's something to be happy with if you are strong in grace. Don't be insulted when people say you are too strong in grace, because being strong in grace means you are glorifying God and giving him all the credit for everything. Being weak in grace means that you think man deserves some credit, and you rob God of some of the credit. And then there's an in-between position. It's being lukewarm in grace. I wouldn't want to be that either. Either grace comes from God and God deserves the glory or he doesn't. Therefore, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I notice in that passage in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, where he said that, where he said, be strong in grace, he added this in the next sentence. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Well, we have many Bible teachers in the land. Many people like to preach the word. But I say no one has a right to teach anybody anything out of the word of God until he is strong in grace. Because if you do, you'll be teaching the wrong thing. Until you are strong in grace and understand the grace of God is the only message that we have today, you might be preaching Moses instead of Christ. And that would make you a false teacher. So, be strong in grace. Now, what's Paul's remedy for those in the Galatian church who were misusing their freedom? Well, he's urging it here in these verses, 13 through 15. Use your freedom to love one another as servants. Now, legalism never serves other people, but love does. Love permits us to live on a much higher standard than the Jew lived under the law. The believer who is not under law fulfills by love what the legalist could never do. Grace frees us from sin, but it is not freedom to sin. Now, like all doctrines in the Bible, they can be twisted and they can be misused. There are people who do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, that's a doctrine of the Bible. And just because someone misuses that doctrine and twists it around does not mean we shouldn't teach the truth about Jesus Christ being deity. So likewise, because there are people who abuse freedom and misuse freedom and mistake freedom in Christ to be liberty to sin, that doesn't mean we should forsake preaching freedom because it was for freedom that Christ made us free. For many years, I didn't know much about the freedom in Christ, and I became occupied with laws and self-righteousness, and I was a very unhappy Christian. 
but it was the study of the Bible and the influence of some good Bible teachers who pointed out the grace of God. Now, I'm not talking about grace for salvation. I understood that, but I didn't understand grace for living. You see, the Bible has much to say about the freedom that a Christian has from the law. And if you have been set free from the law, then live as a free man and don't desire to become a slave again like the children of Israel were. They were in bondage under the law. It's great to wake up in the morning and thank God that I am free. I'm free of the law. I'm free of condemnation. The word of God tells me there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And I rejoice in that, and I am going to allow no one to take away my freedom. Nor will I be silent when I hear of Bible teachers who are teaching people that they are too free or that they should be under the law. That's a form of bondage. And I'm going to uphold what Christ died for. For freedom, Christ died to set us free. If you have found these teachings on Galatians helpful, perhaps you'd want to get them on cassette tape. They're all available in 12 tapes in one album. Write for information about Galatians teaching tape. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.